In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. There was an American vacationing in Acapulco, and he saw a mother very distressed there on the beach. Her little boy, it looked like he was choking on something. And he went over and he quickly grabbed the little boy by the ankles and shook him until an American quarter fell out of his mouth. And the mother was so grateful, and she, and she said, oh, oh, she said, this, you, were, you were wonderful, you knew, you knew just what to do, you must be a doctor. And he said to her, no ma'am, I work for the United States Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> it does feel at times like the IRS has us by the ankles, one more quarter out of you. And people uh, kind of make fun of that. Uh, as you know, I've had my struggles with the taxation thing. When my property tax went up 450% in one year, about six years ago, and had to appeal it. And uh, we don't really like taxes. As one person said, uh, I think it was Arthur Godfrey years ago, said, I am honored to pay taxes in America. But I think I could be just as honored at about half the price. <laughs> People uh, just, you know, don't really, don't really like to do it. And if you think that we don't like paying taxes, that's nothing compared to what the people at Jesus' time felt about paying taxes. Because not only were they paying taxes that were really stiff, but they were paying taxes and the money went not to their country. It went to a foreign country. It went to Rome. They were part of a conquered state of the, the mighty Roman Empire. So their money was all going to Rome. It would be kind of like today if, we, uh, if all of our money was sent and it went to China. Wait a minute, that's already happening. But, 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 but you know, you, you think how, how little we would like that. And so this is the background that, uh, that, that is for today's gospel lesson. And because of that hatred of paying the tax to Rome, uh, the uh, Pharisees who were out to get Jesus thought this might be an opportunity for them to get something on him finally. So they joined together with the Herodians. Now we don't know much about the Herodians, but most church historians believe that they were simply, as the name implied, people who supported King Herod and his son Archelaus. And King Herod, as you recall, was a, a half-Jew, half-Gentile, and he was installed by Rome to be the, I guess what I would call, kind of the puppet king in Palestine. And uh, so these were the collaborators, basically. And the Pharisees were the super patriots. So you had the, the super patriots joining together strange bedfellows with the collaborators of the Roman government. It would be kind of like uh, in World War II, the Vichy government in France, the collaborators with the Nazis. It was kind of like that, putting those two together. And they wanted to join forces so that they could try to get something on Jesus. So they sent their disciples. They don't go themselves, the leaders, because Jesus already knows them, and he knows they're just there to trap him. So they send their disciples, but Jesus figures that out too. And they come up to him all sweetness and light. You've you got to appreciate the flowery sentiment that they bring to Jesus. Listen to this again. A good, good teacher, we know that you speak the truth and that you uh, show no deference to anybody, show no partiality. Wow. You know, if Jesus had been a diabetic, he'd have been in a coma after that sugar. And uh, so they're, they're buttering him up big time. 
And Jesus sees right through and he says, what do you hypocrites want now? And they said, well, uh, we have a question. Um, so yes or no, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Well, here's, here's the trap. If Jesus says, yes, it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, then the people would have killed him. Because, you know, as I said, everybody hated that. However, if he said, uh, no, it's not lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, then they would have turned him into the government and Rome would have immediately, you know, put him to death or imprisoned him. So either way he went, it was kind of one of those, uh, what we used to call damned if you do, damned if you don't questions. You know, if you answer yes or no, you've had it either way. It was kind of uh, one of those, uh, it, was, it was kind of like the old question, um, say, um, I'll ask it to Dick. Say, so Dick, yes or no, have you stopped beating your wife? <laughs> well, if he answers yes, then I go, oh, so you were beating her, huh? And if he says no, oh, so you're still beating her. Uh, you know, there, there's not much of a way to win on that kind of a, a question. So, but Jesus doesn't step into the trap. He simply says, um, you got a coin for the ta- that you use for the tax? And they brought him a denarius. And he said, okay, whose who's likeness is this and whose inscription? And they said, Caesar's. And he said, well, then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And give to God the things that are God's. And after that, they didn't ask him any questions. <laughs> they all went away. They knew they'd had it. So that's, that's kind of the, where we are still at today. Uh, to ask ourselves the question, can we give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God's? It's not actually as much of a struggle to give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. I'm not saying we like it. I'm just saying we kind of know we got to do it. So we don't have to struggle with it. We just, like my old supervisor used to say, yeah, Cal, you don't have to like it. Liking it is optional. You just have to do it. So we, we know that, and, and we do. But where we struggle is this other part of how we could render unto God the things that are God's. Now, there are people in the church who have become uh, disenchanted with church at times because they say well you know they're always talking about money in there i want to tell you jesus in his parables and you should read through the four gospels if you don't believe me on this a full one-third of jesus parables talked about money and possessions and stuff one-sixth of the gospels in their entirety is about money and stuff and possessions so in point of fact uh, I know I don't, and I don't think others talk about money near as much as Jesus did, or possessions, or wealth. So, when we look at what we should render to God, it's difficult because, for one thing, we are the most materialistic culture that there has ever been. We have more money, more stuff, more wealth than anybody has ever had. And it's kind of hard to say, well, I want to give up some of that, and see what God can make of it. Because we're, we're kind of like the little boy, this is from many decades ago, like the little boy who was given two quarters on Sunday morning, and his mother said, now, now one of these quarters goes into the Sunday school collection, and with the other quarter you can stop on your way home after Sunday school and you can get an ice cream cone. Okay? 
So he's going, walking along, he's got his two quarters in his hand, and one of his quarters slips out of his hand, and it rolls down the sewer grate. And the little boy looks up sorrowfully and says, Well, God, there goes your quarter. <laughs> we can kind of fudge on the part that says, uh, Render unto God the things that are God's. Uh, it's, it's hard for us to do that, because in the second place, money and possessions and stuff they are seductive. There is something that, that possesses us with this. It's kind of like cocaine and heroin and alcohol. There's something that, that, that grabs us and possesses us with money and stuff. And it's hard to let that go. So when we think about, well, you know, give our 10% to the Lord, uh, well, really, that's not what the Lord is looking for. Jesus was not saying you should not have any possessions. That's not his point here. His point was, you should not have your possessions possess you. That's what he's, uh, what he's concerned about. That our possessions can possess us. And the verses right after this parable, they ask him the question, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and Love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't want our 10%. He wants all of it. He wants all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. He wants it all. And if he has it all, he's not going to have to worry about 10%. That's a moot question when the Lord has us all. So, we can ask this question in one of a couple of different ways. We can either say, how much of my money and my stuff do I want to give to God? Or a better way of asking the question would be to say, how much of God's money and God's stuff do I want to keep for myself? You see the difference there? Because it's all God's. It's all His. And we're all His. And He wants all of us. So let the IRS grab us by the ankles and shake out of us whatever they can. But give our hearts and souls and minds to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.